every podcast I say I'm a youth mentor. I'm actually creating my own foundation, brand brand new this year. For me, because I have an entrepreneur mindset, I want to tackle the things that people haven't tackled. So for instance, getting the actual premises, like really going for it. So I've got a local petition that I'm starting. You can find it on change.org, which is basically turning an old NatWest building on Acton High Street to a youth community complex. Uh, so I just started a great idea to have a crowdfunding campaign in my local area. So go and support us. We've got a page and a link for that. You just have to spend that time. You're going to have to sacrifice some of those some of those nights and days. And you're going to disappoint some people and break some hearts at the same time. But you get out of it what you put into it. That's just the bottom line. Right. The reward is great. So don't think that it's going to be given to you and it's easy because it's not. To inspire podcast, I'm Jerome. I'm a youth mentor, entrepreneur, and I'm here to bring you in my mind, bring in my world. I'm talking about what I do and why I do it. I drop a lot of jewels and a lot of gems. And if you listen, I take 20% of what I say and apply it, you definitely make some change in your life. So, basically, today I'm going to talk about kind of uh, my thoughts of the day, what I was thinking about, and like you know, just drawing from observation and I feel like that's the biggest thing you can ever do is be humble enough to learn and everyone should learn how to learn (laughs) which is funny because obviously I work um, in schools and stuff and I'm actually looking at you know when I come home the education system as a whole how people learn I picked up a book in the staff room called Make It Stick uh, which was the um, I think the science of learning or something like that I'm just that kind of person I like to pick up stuff and I want to understand how you can retain information or how people apply information and stuff like that and obviously looking at the learning styles um, of how I learn because I learn different from Tom and and John and whoever out there trying to get information and everyone has their own tailored way of how they do these things so I genuinely believe that we need to learn further than school as adults in life I feel like we need to learn how to listen we need to learn how to communicate we need to learn how to humble ourselves and not get controlled by ego um, and become students of life and always become an observer and be able to learn of information of, and, and you know it's not it's easier said than done right but if you self-awareness is, is a skill right and if you can be aware of yourself and know yourself enough to know you have habitual and learned behaviors and know okay how can I change it is again implementing the stuff that I talked about like the compound effect right um, is implementing behaviors and habits we can, which can make long-term change, which is a discipline because you need to believe it's possible and you need to be able to believe it. If, even if your life isn't changing in immediate, immediately, then you need to kind of understand how to constraint that because end of the day, it's about thoughts control actions, action, actions control, control results. Um, but if you, you know, don't get the thinking part right and the, and the mindset right, everything else won't work. Um, so it's so key to, for me anyway, Always be a student, never be higher than knowledge, and always be able to take information from something. There's, there's there's an old line that says you learn something new every day. That's a fact, right? It might be something small or big, but if, again, if you're not aware of it, you might not learn. So that is the whole point of my podcast. My podcast is based off my life, of me living, seeing, um, and obviously backing that up with like going online and looking at research and backing that up, but trying to marry the theory and practice and stuff like that. And I've talked about this before on other podcasts, like it's not just about reading a book no, actually doing a course, sorry, because all courses come from books, by the way. So I remember my cousin told me one day, oh, yeah, you haven't done nothing, like you just read books. But like anyone that's done a course, that person read a book, created a course and gave you a certificate. That's, it comes from that. So I believe that even if you're reading like books on 
for instance, behavior or learning styles or it's the same thing. And I think it's even better because you're always going back to it. It's not just something to get a piece of paper to show someone. We're doing it for ourselves, And I think that's the, the best thing you can do is learn, educate yourself for self. I'm not doing it for an institution. I'm not doing it for a CV. I'm not doing it for anybody but myself. Like, And I feel like that is a difference between um, people that want it and people that like, kind of want it, right? It's just like, I'm going to put some quotes out there and I feel like it'll be very, very good. Like, they say average people do what they're meant to do. Um, people that are not average do what's necessary. And I feel like everyone needs to adopt that kind of mentality because when I leave, I'm doing this every day. I don't finish at 12.45, you know, when I leave the gates. I, I live this thing, right? So to the point where I'm dedicating my whole weekend to learn and grow and apply and understand how to um, make change through action, right? And the science of it, right? And again, if, a lot of stuff is psychological. So... You always have to go back to the root, and the root is the mind. So if you understand your mind, the human mind, uh, there's a book. This is an old book, right? And I got it from, like, Greenford Library when I was, like, young and that. And it was called The Human Mind Explained. That line alone of that title, the book, it just made me pick the book up. And I was just, like, so... But the basis of the book, if you look at it, every human is the same thing, right? Human psychology. And if you understand yourself, you can understand humans because most people most people are the same. Most people relate because they do or like the same thing. So if you go to the mind first, everything else will follow, like I was saying. So that's just something I've just learned from observation and just, you know, getting inspired or being curious. Like for me, I think everyone should, I remember going to an interview and asking someone this, everyone should be able to understand that qualification is not the bookend of, of, of what you want to do, right? And if you're not qualified, it doesn't mean nothing, right? And at the end of the day, if you're a forever student anyway, it doesn't matter if you've done a course in 2014, you are who you believe you are. So if you believe you're a business person, you're going to move like that and X, Y, and Z. So when I say I'm a youth mentor, it's not a, t- it's not a job title. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the same. I look at it as the same as say I'm a son or I'm a brother. Both titles come with responsibility, but at the same time, I'm living it. Like your brother, you can't not be a brother, right? Unless, you know, unfortunately someone passes away. But the point I'm making is that your job title is not your identity. Like, you should be living this thing. If you want to do it, like, if you want to do it for a long period of time or you should be able to live it. And I think part of living it is doing it in spare time. Literally, like, simple as that. It's not a job. A job is something you clock in, you clock out, and you never look at it again. We're talking about something that's continuous. Um, so, again, I don't talk too much about myself, um, but that's just kind of my observation. And I like to use my insights and share with people. Um, so one of the things that today, well, I was really curious about was was homelessness, right? It was begging, right? And there's, I don't know the exact statistics, there's probably about thousands of people, maybe millions of people in London homeless. Um, and I live in an area where it's, it's a homeless area, meaning that I see homeless people every single day of my life. There was one day, because my days are, sh- are long, right? Where I got up at five and then came in like 11.30. Throughout that whole day in different towns, right? Throughout London, I got approached five separate times from someone saying, oh, can I have money? And, uh, you know, I've never given to a homeless person, to be honest. And I'll go into my story in a bit, but I was so curious, yeah? Somebody came on the train and they came and it's like, oh, sorry to disturb you. It's so consistent that you already know what it is, right? You know, they come on the train with a cup and it was like, oh, you know, can I help you? And, you know, I really want money and stuff like that. And, I always want to understand why people didn't want to give and why people do give, right? And there's a person that came and gave her 20 pounds, right? And you call me, I don't care really, um, 
you know, nosy, you can call me interrupting, but I want to learn. The whole purpose is to learn, right? And if you don't ask questions, you don't know. So my thing was that I saw that person give 20. Most of the people in the carry didn't give. I sat next to the person. I said, why did you give that person 20 pounds? What, you felt guilty? Do you feel like just giving that person is going to make you go to heaven? Or like, I, I want to understand. And he goes, oh yeah, that person, you know, they have nothing, can I have this? And But it's not your job, right, to help people, right? If people really want help, they're going to do it in themselves. And again, you get out of life what you put in. Back to the audio in the beginning of this podcast is like, you should never be able to pull people's heartstrings and make people have sympathy for you for something you can change yourself. And I believe that. Any homeless person right now today could literally change their life. Um, I genuinely believe that. With the right effort time, it's not easy, right? But everyone can do that. Why I'm saying that, again, is because I was homeless, right? I don't know anybody around me uh, that's actually been homeless at a young age. I was homeless from about 16 years old, right? From, from 16, you know, I was always getting kicked out of the house from my mom and whatever. And, then, you know, I never really went to family. And I think, to be honest, in a weird way, that gave me a lot of um, resilience and drive and push and independence at a young age. You know, so I left school at 16. I was homeless, right? Like, literally, I'm not talking about sleeping at people's house. I'm talking about sleeping on the street, right? And it's rare you see young people on the street. Like, when you go on the street now, people are of age, right? But when you see someone at 16 sleeping on the curb, sleeping in coffee shops, I used to sleep on the trains and the buses, I used to beg money. That's a fact. I used to do that shit. Like, I used to go on road and beg people and, you know, just try and get food and stuff like that. But in my head, I was thinking, I can't do this forever. And these people are not responsible for my life. You're, you're creative of your own destiny. So long story short, like I was with someone in it. So if I wasn't with that girl at that time, I might have gone a whole different way in my life. And I genuinely believe, and again, this is about self-awareness. A lot of the abandonment issues I might have is because my mom didn't call me in that time. Like imagine 16 years old, she kicks you out, like no cool, not anything could happen to me. I was on the road every day for like weeks, months, like no cool. I get it, you're not talking to your son, but it's like, uh, so from that, I realized that, wow, like maybe... That's the reason, you know, I have a certain way of thinking, right? But I see no there. But the whole point of it is like I went through hardship. I've been through it. So when I, you know, when I ended up coming back home, it was like I always wanted to make sure that I never went back there, you know. And the whole the moral of the story is, right? You, no one owes you nothing, right? And there's people that say they will never give homeless people money. There's people that say I'll buy you food, but I'm like, look, if the homeless person wanted to make change, they could do it, right? I've been homeless. I've been there, so I know. So the moral of the story is don't feel guilty. Don't feel upset. No one's the creator of your own life but you. You can give that person advice and if they take it and change their life, they can actually make change in your life. Um, and I believe that, you know, it's a business. There's this there's, there's, there's lady who's that literally like with a pregnant belly all the time coming on the A40. I'll never forget this, right? And the traffic lights by like East Acton, North Acton. And then they always used to come every day. And I used to see these people every day. And I think to myself, they must be making grands. Because obviously it's like, they have to have a certain sense of like being numb to rejection and like getting nose and whatever and stuff like that. And like understanding that it's a numbers game, right? Most people are going to say no. Most people are going to ignore you, but you're going to get money at the end of the day. You're going to get someone that gives you the 20 like that guy did. So there is an element of like, you know, when people say, oh man, I want to be successful and all this stuff, but you've got to get used to rejection. you got to get used to no. And if a homeless person never done that, they might not get food that day. Um, you know, so they have the most resilience. Think they're caring about no different. They're taking no personally. It's a numbers game. They know that if a train station has a thousand people coming out, they might only get money from 10, 20 people, right? Um, but it's, it's it's a failure's game. Like life is a failure's game. It's failing forward. It's taking the nose and the hits and the punches. And I want to use 
homelessness because it's something that I've experienced, something that I see every single day, and something that is world spread in London. Like there's loads of people that are sleeping rough. Um, but I've never personally ever in my life gave a homeless person money. Even though when I was, people gave me. But the moral of the story is the day I changed my life and went into a different direction in terms of like, now I got my own flat. I've lived it, fam. I've lived being on the street. So I don't care about your problems. If you really want to change, you wouldn't be doing that. If somebody stood up one one day and said, you know what, I don't want to live rough. Or, you know, there's ways around it, you know. So end of the day, that's just my point of homelessness. I'm here just to put my opinions and observations. I'm not here to change no one's mind or speak down on nothing. Anyone has anything they want to say, I would love, love, love a debate. I love discussions, constructive um, discussions. And yeah, we're moving from there. But obviously I work in a school every day and I love it because I learn so much about the youth. I learn so much and I feel like for me, I love getting on the ground, being in the class and understanding the mindset of somebody growing up as a teenager in this day and age, right? We can't, if you're so far removed from it, you can't really understand it unless you're there. And I genuinely believe that. So for me coming in on that level, I always wanted to do things that was done to me. And I was having a thought today actually about the support I got in school one-to-one and the support I got even to when I was going to like college. And when I went to college, there was a lady in the college and, you know, she was saying, what do you want to do as a music? And she got me a course to West Thames and, you know, I went to where... The thing about me, whatever I experienced when I was young, I always had a side vision plan i never was saying this is it right i always had something and it was that my life was like tailor-made like every experience led to something everything really happens for a reason and i think only in reflection you understand that and i didn't understand how important support and direction is in your teenage years right i'm talking about before you get to 21 right and obviously like i talk about my my life obviously i kicked out at 16 and met my dad and you know 17 and 18 i had to grow up very very fast right um, by the time I got to 18, I had, like, mad responsibilities. Like, at the time, I had, like, my first proper relationship. I, I moved out of my house. Uh, finally had a direction, which was music. Uh, I got a job. And I was like, at that point, if I didn't have support, like, a year prior or two years prior, who knows where I would be, right? And so I think having drive and, and natural ambition and is, is not enough. That's half, half of the job. It's who you know, who's around you. And I genuinely believe a lot of these artists that are creating, which is great in a way. Like I, the other day, I watched the Graham Daily documentary on how Posty and Link Up TV, Rashid, and how Jamal Edwards from from my area, literally SBTV, started creating avenues for young black youth. And the way they was talking about it was so deep. Like these guys might not be nowhere if they didn't have the internet as a platform. And it was so great for like music videos and people. To, I'm biased in it because I do music, but people talk down and people say, "Oh yeah, they look up to the rappers and da 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 da." But at the end of the day. If you could rap about your life, negative or positive, and change the people around you, like one person being successful could change the lives of like 10 to 20. That's how that's how important success is to me. Um, and, you know, there's a quote that someone said the other day, do you need happiness to be successful? Yeah, I believe, like, generally, like, who wants to be living, like, people are enlisted when you make money. You don't want to be a struggling influencer. You don't want to be a struggling person who wants change, but you don't got no money. So I think the, the my catalyst and my USP is marriaging my entrepreneurship with my youth mentorship. And in, in between that is leadership, right? So we need money, it's, it's, it's an economy, we're living in an economy world, we need money. So at the end of the day, money creates change too, right? Not just the word, not just the action, but you need money as a resource. It's something that can work alongside of what you're saying. So for me, I understand that and I wanna be able to marriage that to make real, real change. Um, so along with the groundwork that I'm doing, I want to be able to marriage the entrepreneurship as well, the entrepreneur mindset, 
um, and obviously giving them that sense of direction. And we're just learning on the job. The whole point of what I say about qualification and action is like you learn from experience, you learn from doing, um, and it's a, it's a do then learn, right? And it's a trial and error. If you're scared to do that and trying, you know, scared to get things wrong and make mistakes, then you're not going to grow, right? We need to become students of life, not just a course, not just something for one day. We're, we're just being students and being humble enough to take information and learn from it. And for me, I want to understand the youth, right? That comes from empathy. You need to have empathy. We need to practice that in schools. Um, and I think the big thing about what I do is I'm here to support them. That is the whole point of my job. We're not here to, you know, just teach a curriculum and go home and eat dinner and do the same thing again the next day. We're here to say, okay, what did I learn today? What can I learn tomorrow? How can I take what the youth are saying and giving them a voice and acting as the youth? Like the stuff that they're telling me, I'll pull it on this podcast, I'll tell people. And we need to create that dialogue of the youth having a voice, the youth um, understanding what the youth need. You know, again, I'm managing my, my entrepreneur mindset, meaning even though it's a social enterprise, it's, it's, it's a business model, right, we're creating, yeah? So at the end of the day, knowing your customer or knowing who you're serving is so, 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 so crucial, knowing everything about them, what they need and what they want. And if you read all of these books about having a successful business, a lot of it is just knowing who you're, who you're serving, knowing who you're, you're doing this for. And I think that for me, my, my, my avenue is having open conversations, open dialogue, asking questions. Like for instance, like the youth do bad stuff like in the school and instead of it's it's hard it's instead of me doing what the youth of the school says and I do what I feel is right and using my initiative and my my proactiveness right and understanding okay do it from an observational point of view then look at it as we're going to go into create dialogue to create change right because if someone's bad and keep giving them punishment and bad and punishment we're going to go back and forth with that right how are we teaching the kids to learn not just in school but in life right so for instance if someone does something bad i'm not going to go up to them and say you've done something bad you're in trouble i'm going to say okay why'd you do that like what, what, what reason can you give so if i was to you know implement some sort of punishment justifiably they would know what's going on right because for me my, my my thing is like I want them to learn from their mistakes. I want them to really not make that again, right? So, for instance, if they do something, I'll go to them and say, why'd you do that? Like, what can you give me now to now not make you get in trouble, right? And, and if, you, if I can clearly see that you're not really understanding what's going on, then you'll get in trouble. So, I feel like that's what I use. So, for instance, I had some youth that were just causing trouble, whatever. I saw what they done, right? But I was following up. But I'm following up more with like, okay, like, this happened now. What you're gonna say? Like, what, what's going on? Why did you do it? Or what's going? So I feel that's so much part of the problem is that we never go to the core. Um, you know, you might go to someone right and just catch them for a crime, for instance, right? And they're stealing food. But when when you get them in the police station, you have an interview. It's too late. You're saying, okay, why have you stole it? Oh, I've stole it because my kids ain't had nothing to eat for five days. I needed to. So logically, you're like, okay, I understand now, right? But prevent for me, my whole thing is prevention is better than cure. So. We're not going to just come in on the level of like, you know, when you've done the act. We're going to go now back and reflect on what you're doing so it can never happen again, right? Going to the core, going to, to why you've done it, right? And I feel like we're missing that a lot. And that gave me, when I was younger, voice. When I was in college and they said, what do you want to do? I said, music. And they gave me a course. And when I was in college, I was like, I had someone I can go to all the time and just speak about my progress and just speak about it outside my peer group. Because it's not cool to have ambition and want to do great. And, you know, so... When I used to go to this lady, it was so, so, so refreshing to have that person just to go to and, you know, have that kind of support. So for me, I wanted to use the stuff that's helped me and stuff that I feel is needed and I'm ready to learn.
Um, so that's that's kind of my thing, really. But we need to create engagement and open dialogue with the youth and understand what's going on. And again, I don't want to put too much stuff in here because I know that for me, definitely, when it gets bigger, people will be trying to watch and listen and we don't want to be able to incriminate ourselves. So what we want to basically do is say information that's not going to lead to any sort of uh, you know, pushback or trying to stop the progression. So all I say is that I'm seeing, I've seen, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of injustice and I'm, I'm ready to make the change. But I need to do it properly and I need to do it um, objectively, you know. So, you know, it's crazy. But what I do know is that to make change, you know, for the youth or even for the black youth and people as general, I, I believe that it's going to take somebody out of the culture that loves the culture that will make the change. Meaning that there's always a white person in the culture that loves black people that will speak against racism or injustice or equality. So I think the biggest thing about a riot today, um, Black Lives Matter, was that we have white people, Asian people, um, all different races standing up for black injustice. Like that's something that's, not say it's never been done, but that's something I've never seen. You expect, you know, it's just standing up for what's, what's right and what's wrong at the end of the day, you know. So I genuinely believe it takes someone you know, that's actually influential, that likes the culture, that wants to help. And I feel like for me, what I'm doing right now, in terms of like the Black History Month, I've been invited to go to a school to do a talk. I'm going to be actively involved with the, with the uh, students in my school. Um, I'm actively involved with the activity in the school with the other staff members. So for me, I love it. This is right up my street. This is where I live. This is the whole point. So you got to be the change you want to see. And I feel like me even starting this was the whole point. Like, I literally just today watched um, a talk, you know, somebody had a youth. So part of my process, I'll call it my research process, is actually going through all the organizations that exist and see, to be honest, seeing where the flaws are, right? And seeing where they can grow and what's going on. And I'll take it back to when I went to this event. I was speaking to my sister one day on the phone. I was talking about, yeah, I want to write a book and, you know, all this stuff. I want to work with the youth. This was in 2018, right? This is how you know your life is tailor-made. You just don't know it yet, right? So I went to this event. And I was literally inspired. I saw a few people talk. People that are basically older than me trying to do what I've done. So what anyone's doing is not been, it's not new. It's just people doing it differently. I remember telling a kid today about Elon Musk because he said that, oh, he wants to like make electric car. And I said, yeah, Elon Musk does that. And he goes, oh yeah, that means I can't do it then. I said, no, it doesn't. It just means that everybody has their own version. There's no new idea. This is how I'm speaking to the child. There's no new idea. There's just a different version of it. That doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you need to think outside the box of how you can be different and it's, it's nuts because this is the stuff that I'm doing now as an adult I'm looking at organisations I think how can I collab how can I work with how can I support and looking at the flaws to grow and I thought that's the biggest thing that everyone needs to do like look at the flaws like for instance I looked at this panel just before I recorded this and they were talking about does the music influence the youth to do violence and we were speaking about the same thing for 30 years to be honest and I put in the YouTube comment it's 20% talking about it, 8% doing about it. And that's something that we have to learn. This is not something we can just do, right? We have to learn how to listen, communicate, and have the unity. It's very, very easy to talk it. It's harder to do it. But with repetition, like I keep saying to the youth in my school, it's the father of learning. Repetition is the father of learning. And I want to keep saying that because it's the truth. It's something I adopt. The amount of videos, the amount of audio, the amount of books that I've just gone through again and again and again and again and again is ridiculous. It becomes an obsession, but that's how I learn. I can't learn just once or twice 
or three times. I have to keep going over and over and over until it sticks. And that's what that book, you know, in the staff room made me pick up and, and look at it. I think, make it stick. Wow, what a title. Like, and it, it, I'll read it one day. I'll put it in my list of stuff to read. But it seems so interesting that somebody wrote that book. But I just knew that moment I was in a good school, a school that cared about behavior and cared about this. But like everywhere, it has missing holes, right? So I feel I'm generally here to have missing holes, but I know that in my position, there's always going to be a ceiling of how much progression I can make. So the long-term objective is to have or be in an influential position or a powerful position to make real change, right? We don't always want to get authority from people or ask for permission. We want to be able to do it ourselves, And that's kind of my only frustration, right? But I'll get to that. It's, it's not a big thing. Not a big thing. I believe that once I cre- create leverage in other areas, it will allow me to go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But from what I've seen, a lot of people talk about the problem. I've talked about it before. Any problem, whether it be the influence of music or fathers not being there, or whatever it is. But you, as an individual, if you could do something, like me, I went online and I saw okay, there's not a lot of fathers in um, people's life. Um, I made a conscious decision to know, okay, I'm ambitious. Let me plan to have a child. Uh, that's just one thing. Let me change the way I see women and all that stuff. Okay, cool. Number three, let's go there and work in a school. If there's not a lot of men in schools. Let's be the guy. Let's be, I'm not going to make the change today, but I definitely made an impact. The fact that I'm there is a, is a good thing. So let's do it. Let's keep going, right? I'll be like a minority for the change, right? And because I'm in this space, I feel like there's not a lot of entrepreneurs or entrepreneur mindset people in this space, in the education space, um, the whole point why I jumped in is because I have a long-term plan. I'm not here to make a career or climb a ladder. There's no one because who's pulling that ladder from me? Like, I don't have time to that. I'm creating my own ladder. I'm building my own ship. I'm the captain of my own ship. I don't want to try and, you know, be a, be a passenger. I'm trying to create my own ship so I can be the leader of it and tell people there's icebergs ahead. That's where I'm at. So I want to learn and grow in this process, and I'm loving it. So basically... A lot of these people will talk about it. And there's nothing wrong with it because I feel if you talk about it, you're, you're doing something, right? It's action, isn't it? So it's not, it's not, for me, it's not a big deal. But if you're in a real change, change when it comes to action, and the continuation of action is what makes long-term change. So my whole thing is when people talk about the problems, they're talking about generally the school-to-prison pipeline, right? And they might just act on one thing, which might be, for instance, youth offending, right? Or prison. So we're trying to stop that. But you're at the end of the line, right? The beginning of the line is school, right? Is sent out of class. So for me, in my position, I'm in the class. I'm talking to the youth. I'm having empathy. I'm supporting the youth to get long-term success. So I feel we need to do one stage at a time. Prevention is better than cure. So if we could start as early as primary, if we can really engage with the teenagers throughout these two years in education, it'll be so, so crucial for when they're reaching um, early adulthood. Um, so we can avoid the detentions, avoid the isolation, avoid um, exclusions as a whole, challenging authority when they make decisions. Um, these are the stuff that we need to work on, but one part at a time. Um, and obviously my thing is like having a holistic approach um, through every single pocket. That's kind of my ethos. My organization doesn't exist without relationships, without knowing people, without what you're doing, what can I do that, that doesn't do what you do and, you know, try and work together. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my thing. But I'm not starting at the end of the line. I'm starting at the front of the line, which is the school education, which is 11 years. That's five to 16, you know. So 
The school to prison pipeline starts at school. Doesn't start in the prison. Doesn't start pre-prison. Doesn't start even when you release from prison. It starts as early as school and as early as primary. Like there's actually a line that said something about when you're six to seven or something like that or eight. That's when a lot of the habits and stuff are formed. Um, children are sponges. They learn a lot. Uh, and they they don't make um, logical decisions because they're not adults, right? So if you're six, seven, or nine years old in primary school, everything is just new. Everything is like, you know, and that's when you start adopting your behaviours and your beliefs and your insecurities and all of that can pass on. I have conversations with youth today, right, in like, so basically I, I work with year eight, year nine, year 10. That's young people from like 12 years old to 15, right? So it's weird. So there's stuff that, because I speak to adults too, that adults have and they say, wow, this is my insecurity or da 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 Kids would think the same in, in school. Like literally, kids would tell me, oh, I think I'm ugly or no girl wants me. And da, 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 da. Like, if you're saying that when you're young and you haven't broke that, it's going to be there when you're an adult. So the point I'm making is that what affects you when you're young and if you don't deal with it when you're young, it affects you later in adult life. That's a fact. And so if you can be aware of that, and I feel like my main skill is word, it's, it's, it's conversation. So knowing it, acting on what you know, and understanding, okay, we're going to go from what you're telling me because this is this has come as a natural thing. We're not filling out surveys. We're not asking to do nothing unnatural. Just talk to me. Be open enough. Like, for me, I have so much conversations with students and I feel like literally they was looking for somebody like me for years. Like, they say, you know what? I can relate to you. You're not going to judge me. I trust you. Here is the information. And I will act on the information logically and I'll make a decision and say, okay, this is what the youth need. Let me try my best. And I might not do everything right, but let me try my best to make change in the youth. And that's kind of where I'm working with and what I'm working on. But I'll leave with this, man, like like work ethic. Like, you know, people to call me a workaholic and I genuinely believe that, yes, if you want anything, you've got to work hard for it. And I want everyone, especially the youth, to understand that, that nothing's quick, nothing's easy. Uh, it's going to take a lot of pain, a lot of frustration. But at the same time, nothing great comes easy, right? You need to go through the pain and through the problems to really get somewhere. Like, that's just the only way it's, it's going to happen. Um, so for me, I like, you know, when things don't go wrong. I, I know that if I had something and I put it out there and I got loads of negative comments, I'm that obsessed that I'll go through every single comment, copy and paste it onto a Word document and say, okay, how can I counteract this in in different ways? How can I share this to get different? Like, that's how I am. I'm a student first, like I said. So I want to learn and grow. And I think you learn more from successes than failures. And you need to understand yourself, you need to understand ego, and you need to know how to be humble enough to learn from your mistakes and not take it personally. Um, so that's more or less it, man. I just like working, I enjoy it. I know I'm working for the long term. My, my main ambition is to have a life where I inspire the next generation for change. I want to try at 40. Um, knowing myself, I want to have a family in about five years. But I'm working on myself, working on finding the right partner and um, understanding that um, it's going to take time. And knowing that, you know, you need to have long-term thinking. Nothing happens overnight. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm enjoying it because I know that it's going to come. Like nothing ever happens out of nothing. Meaning that if you work hard, eventually you're going to get somewhere. Um, so that's more or less it, man. Um, but I'm going to leave you with this keep working and don't let anyone they wouldn't trade places with 
tell you what to do. You're going to live and die by your own decisions if you don't make it. But you can't live and die by what people think, what they think, what they feel. Um, Because most of the time, it's not coming from a logical place to come from an emotional place. And you learn more from doing than saying it's Jerome from the Desire to Inspire podcast.